Uh, dear Heavenly Father, I, I just... Um, I just sense you're stirring so much things up at, at this point. And, and so, Lord, we just want to come before you. We want to lay down all of our cares, um, all of our thoughts, all of our worries, all of our plans, all of our excitement. We just want to lay it down to you and say, Lord, this is what I think. This is what I want. But, Lord, I want, I want what you want for us. I want what you want for me. So, Lord, not our plans, but your plans. So we give you permission, Lord, to speak clearly, to allow us to be receptive to what you're doing, what you're saying. And Holy Spirit, we're saying, have your way. Lead us and guide us to truth. Set us free, Lord, because that's what you did on the cross, is you paid for everything. You made prisoners uh, set free. You healed. You brought life. And as we even sang earlier, you turned seas into highways. And so, Lord, all the things that we're facing in our life, Lord, we just submit that to you. We trust in you. And we ask, Lord, that you would move greatly uh, in our lives. And, and we can give you glory and honor for what you're doing. So, Lord, speak to us. Allow your word to go forth and accomplish what you want it to accomplish. So we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So we are in the first full week of the year is already over. And I was joking, I think, with uh, Judy, and she was saying, you know, uh, she had heard somebody say it's only 51 weeks until Christmas. So it's like, it's, it's, it's about to come, right? Like, it's right around the corner. So um, I guess it's only, you know, 52 weeks would be the max, right? Like, that's all it is. But, um, you know, I, and I just want to say, I, I don't get on social media a lot, but I do, um, I do see some things, and I want to encourage you guys. I'm, you know, I see you guys are getting more into the Word, and you're challenging other people to get into the Word. So I just thank you for doing that. I think it's, it's great, and, and I just pray that God would bless you every moment that you spend with God, right, in His Word and in worship and, and in prayer. So keep doing it. Keep it up. Um, and as you guys may know, we, got a, we have a new website uh, in place, too. So has anybody seen it at all? Um, there's some really, you know, really awesome Christians on that on that page. I don't know if you've seen them all, right? Um, and I'm, I don't even know if I'm on there. So I just, you know, I'm not trying to tap myself on the back. I'm just saying it's pretty, it's pretty well done. Uh, and really our prayer is that the website would be reflective of our church culture, right? Like if you go to the website and then you come here in person, it would be similar. I mean, there's nothing better than being in person, right? We're not trying to get people to just go online, but, but our prayer is that if people go to the website, that they would be impacted by God. God would speak to them, right? They would be able to get God's truth through the sermons and, and prayer requests and all those things. And um, <clears throat> so the sermon today is called The Power of One. And so I'm going to go through just a couple of things I want us to think about when it comes to one thing and the power of one thing. And so I wanted to start with, uh, I'll give you a little, uh, just a sampling of scriptures, but you know, there's a guy named Paul in the Bible, and he went on a mission trip, and he actually went on a couple. But he, on this second mission trip, and this is in Acts 16, I'm just going to paraphrase it for you. Uh, he wanted to go to certain areas, but we, um, you know, he didn't always get a rite of passage. He didn't always get permission to go to certain places. So when he was in Asia, he was actually forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach in that area. And so when I look at that stuff, I go, well, why not? I mean, don't they get the gospel too, right? And I'm pretty sure that's what Paul was saying. But he saw very clearly this was a closed door. He was not supposed to go there and do that at that time, right? And, but he's, he's not a quitter, this Paul, right? He keeps going. And then there was another place, uh, Bithynia, where he also wanted to share the gospel. And again, he was also um, closed off. The door was closed. He wasn't allowed to go. And so, you know, I just, when I look at scripture like that, and I, I just think, do we ever face things like that where we feel like, hey, this is what God's will is. This is what we're supposed to do, but it's not happening, right? It's just not working. 
And I don't know, for me, I just feel like, okay, is, is this a closed door? Or is this something I just need to start digging, I need to push into, you know? And it's times like this, I think of my cat. You know, I don't know if we've got any cat people in, in the room. But when the door is closed, that cat wants to open that door. It doesn't matter what is going on. And this cat, I mean, can just really run into it and open it for the most part. But there's times where we just lay and, you know, try to open a door like they could reach the handle and stuff. And we had another cat that would jump up and grab the handle, right, and open it up. And, and so, you know, there's, I don't know if cats really have a sense of what is God doing, what the Holy Spirit is doing, but I know I can feel that way sometimes, right? We just want to bust the door open, right? We want to go through. But really, I think what God's asking us to do is to stop and say, hey, is this really what God wants? Is this really what we're supposed to do at this time? And so God, you know, in that particular situation, Paul was supposed to wait. He wasn't supposed to push forward, and, and he was a go-getter, so he did continue to go, but he, he kind of went different directions, and he was not sure what to do next. And for those of you guys who know the scripture, uh, he did get a vision, and he got a vision at night, right? And it was from a man from Macedonia that said, hey, come help me, right? And so after trying to, you know, hitting his head against that door and hitting his head against that door, at some point he finally got the clue from God, hey, this, there's another direction I want you to go. And so he, he went that way. And, you know, so this would be, I don't know, just an example of one problem, right? And so I just thinking about myself, um, you know, we have this luxury of cars, don't we? Isn't it nice we can just hop in the car and go wherever we want to go, right? You know, of course, you got to buy the car and pay gas and insurance, all this other stuff, right? Like, it's not free. <laughs> it costs some money, right? But it's so convenient once you have a car, right? Um, so my oldest son had a situation where his car broke down. And it wasn't one of those, like, yeah, you just take it to the shop and fix it. I mean, you could do that, but it was like thousands of dollars, right? So you have to think, is this used car really worth investing really good money in, right? And so he was kind of stuck with that situation. And then to top it off, he's a couple states away, right? And so as a dad, I'm like, hmm, that's kind of, you know, like, I want to help you out, but I can't really, <laughs> right? It's not really convenient. And I remember having this conversation with him, and I said, I go, you know what's interesting about all this? is we know what the problem is, we don't really know what the solution is, but God already knows what's gonna happen, right? It says, God knows everything. And so knowing that I didn't know what the solution was, but knowing that God knew the solution was important. And I think that's something that we have to take away for ourselves, right? Is no matter what we're going through, God already knows how it's gonna play out. But we still have to walk that journey, don't we, right? And so, you know, again, so for me, some thoughts come to mind, well, okay, you can fix the car, but is that really gonna help? Because is something else gonna break? Or you could buy another car, but is that car gonna be reliable, right? And then, and then of course, I didn't tell him this, so hopefully he's not watching, maybe he will. But I work from home and I have a car that I don't really use that much. And I was like, hmm, well, maybe he could use that, right? And, um, and then, you know, so, but I didn't offer it and he didn't ask, so here we are, right? And then, so then, he, so then I said, okay, well, I feel like I need to step back, right? Just let things happen. And so, um, you know, kind of to make this story short is, my second son actually had two cars. He happened to have bought in a brand new car, but he didn't have his, he didn't get rid of his used car yet, right? And so they went ahead and worked out a deal. Of course, the catch is the used car needed some repairs, right? So it still cost him some money, he had to repair that thing. Oh, and then the other thing I forgot to say, it was a stick shift too, right? And so he had never driven a stick shift. <laughs> so, I mean, you could just throw all of these things at it, right? But essentially, they worked it out. I didn't get in the middle of it. Right? I didn't try to force my hand. I didn't try to say, hey, you need to do this with your stuff. They worked it out. And I'll just tell you, as a parent, I was just really blessed to see that. Like, hey, these, these guys got it. You know, they're willing to, 
pay the money, right? They're willing to do the thing. And, and again, as a, as a parent, we want to come in and jump and rescue, right? We want to save our kids from having to feel pain. But in this situation, I didn't. And I didn't feel like I was supposed to. I was supposed to let them figure it out, go through the process. And, and again, thankfully, God had allowed my older son to save money, right? So he had money to repair the car and, and those kind of things. And then so not only did he you know, give him the car and he repaired it, then they drove back together because he was a very short time where he had to learn to drive stick shift. And who wants to drive stick shift across the country, right? That would probably be a bad idea. So they drove together, figured it out. And now um, on top of that, uh, his wife, my oldest son's wife, uh, her mom and their parents gave, them, gave her a car too. So in a very short amount of time, it went from zero cars to two cars in like a month or two. Now, if you would have said that's going to happen and I was going to solve that problem, I, I would say, what are you talking about? Like that, I would only be able to say like what I said. I, I, have, a, I have a car I could potentially give, right? But I, I didn't have any clue what was the end result was going to be. And I know this is a, kind of a silly example, but when it comes to life, we're going to face problems where we don't necessarily know what the right path is, the right answer is, but God knows, right? And so we trust in him and we let him do it. We take our hands off of it and let him do it. And, and that's, that's just what I experienced in that situation. So my question to you is, are you facing a problem today? Is there some situation you don't quite know what the answer is going to be? And so I want to encourage you to trust in God. He already knows what's going to happen. So spend time with him. Let God guide you. Trust in the process. Trust that God has an answer. And so we're, we're talking about the power of one. And another power of one I wanted to share with you is a power of scripture. Do you guys believe that one scripture has power? Like one thing from the Bible? Yeah. And there is, you know, and the Bible is so amazing. It's basically like God's love letter to us. It says, look, this is how I created things. This is how much I love you. This is how much I'm willing to die for you, right? As I give you everything. And so there are so many powerful scriptures. And I hope as I'm saying this, you can think of some scriptures that are just staples for you. Things that really spoke to you. And uh, you guys might be familiar, but before I became a Christian, one of the biggest scriptures I just really kind of like cinched the deal was the thieves on the cross, was when Jesus was dying for everybody. There was a guy who was basically on his deathbed, right? He committed something worthy of the death penalty. And he asked Jesus, can I be with you in heaven, right? Can I be with you? And, and Jesus said, yes, you can be with me in paradise. And so for me, that just says everybody has a chance, even to your last breath. Right? And, and so that's the kind of God I want to follow. Now, again, there is a ton of other wonderful scriptures. <laughs> I'm just saying that's what really got my heart. And so I'm just hoping that there are scriptures like that with you that you really just, you hold on to. And you really, um, you know, they strengthen your walk. But I just, I want to give just a couple examples. And, and so one, this is one that would be a wonderful memory verse. is Psalm 119, verse 105. And when it comes to scripture, it says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. And so when it comes to God's word, it's going to guide us. It's going to show us the way to go. And, um, you know, if we really want to get to a powerful one, even though that one is quite powerful, uh, I want to go to John 10.10. 10. And you guys should be very, very familiar with this. But this talks about uh, two of the greatest, well, maybe the most powerful forces in, that exist, the devil and God. Remember, God is above the devil. But they're both after us. The devil wants us, and Jesus wants us too. And so the first part of the scripture is talking about the thief, and that refers to the devil. It says, the thief comes to steal and to kill and destroy. 
but you cut that verse in half, and you see the second half, and I is referring to Jesus. I, has, I, Jesus, have come that they may have life and have it abundantly. And so you can see a very stark contrast, right, between the two. And so this is one that is, uh, again, a very powerful scripture. Now, we talked about, <clears throat> but how do we, you know, the power of one scripture, how do we get those things into our hearts? Well, we have to spend time in God's word, don't we? We have to spend time in devotionals. And that was something Pastor James had encouraged us to last week. And, and I wanted to share something, too. I, um, uh, I, I sh- my, my uh, devotional time is basically reading three pages of the Bible in the morning, right? And so what's kind of tricky about that is if you read a study Bible, three pages isn't very much because it's all study notes, right? There's very little scripture in there. But man, there's a ton of great stuff. So when I read just a regular Bible with, you know, without the study notes, man, I go really fast, right? Because there's a whole bunch of scripture that you go through. But it's really not necessarily about the quantity, right? It's about the quality. And so uh, those three pages can take a short amount of time. Sometimes they could take a long time. But really, we just want to be sensitive to what is God speaking to us in that scripture. And so I had a pastor, um, when I first became a Christian, he said, look, it's really important when you get the Bible that you just take a moment and pray. He said, because this is a spiritual book. It's not something that we can really understand without the Spirit's help. And so he said, look, just pray and just ask for God's presence. I mean, I know he's always with us, right? We have the Holy Spirit, but you still, you don't want to assume or presume on God, invite God into the picture and say, Lord, help me to understand what I'm reading. Help me to see what I need to see today, because there is something that I need to capture, right? And so you just take, a, just take a moment and invite God and pray before you read. And so uh, that's just been a blessing to me this whole time, and so I'm very thankful that that pastor shared it with me. And, you know, the, um, when it comes to spending time in God's Word, you know, we can, you can technically read the Bible in a year, right? It just takes some effort. It takes some commitment. Um, but again, I would, I would just encourage you, that's a wonderful thing to do. And, I, and I've, I've read the Bible from front to back, but I am no expert. <laughs> I just want to tell you, reading through it doesn't make you an expert, but applying it to our lives, and as Pastor James would say, letting the Bible read us is really what's critical, right? It, it exposes where we're in line with God and where we're out of line with God. And so we want to be sensitive to those things. And so my encouragement would be, as you read God's word, ask him, what is it that you're guiding me to today? Who do you want me to minister to today? What are the things that you are pointing at to me today? And so really, it's, it's kind of a prayer that says, hey, God, I give you permission to search my heart. Know me. You know, show me where I need to focus my attention. And so God's word is um, just so amazing. And, and again, last week, Pastor James encouraged us to spend time in God's word. And then Santosh, when he was leading worship, uh, he gave us this phrase, all of my days, right? And so as I was reading, I'm in the Old Testament right now. And I'm, I'm in, uh, uh, well, I just finished Deuteronomy. I'm in the book of Joshua now, which is pretty exciting. It's kind of action-packed, you know, take over the world kind of stuff. So if you like that kind of book. But Deuteronomy, not so much. It's a little different. But it talks about some things in, in chapter 17. It talks about... As a king, what are some of the things you need to pay attention to? And so it says when you become a king, what you need to do is you need to write a copy of the law for yourself. And what, the way I understand that to, take, uh, to, be, um, excuse me, to be interpreted is the book of the law would be considered the five first books of the Bible. So Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, right? And so as a king, that was what they, what they were supposed to do is write that all out. Has anybody ever done that? 
Um, I got to put my hand down because I have not ever done that, <laughs> and nor in English or in Hebrew or any other languages that we have the Bible in. But that was something that they do. And then remember that all of my days that um, Santosh was encouraging us last week. Um, it says that um, there to he's to read the king is to read the Bible all the days of his life. So it's not just writing it, but it's we're supposed to read it all the days of our lives. And so this is one of those things I think is just a blessing. It's more that you are in God's word, more you're around God's people, you'll see these little connections. Because I could have easily have, re have read that verse last week, and if Santosh didn't say all my days, I wouldn't have made that connection, right? And so thank you for blessing us in that way. <laughs> it was really, really pretty awesome. But ultimately, when it comes to the power of one scripture, how are we personally spending time in God's word? And what scriptures speak to us? Because those are important. Those are things that we hold on to. Those are things that we depend on. You know, um, as I was praying for this service, um, I felt that God wanted to do a couple things. And, and, you know, there's just something about being a Christian that we're not perfect, right? And that we, unfortunately, we make mistakes, don't we? We, we sin and, and do different things like that. And, and of course, uh, you know, I just feel like God is always about, um, as a leader or as a voice, as a Christian, we have to just make sure that people know that we're not perfect. So I'm gonna talk about the power of one decision. And this, um, I'm actually gonna need some participation from you guys. So I'm gonna ask you guys to do something. Hopefully this is okay. If you don't wanna do it, I'm not gonna say it's a sin, but I'm just saying, you know, God asked me to do it and you're not listening to me. So you'll have to take it up with God, right? So here's, uh, here's what we're gonna do, is I'm gonna ask you to stand up. Oh no, actually, I'm sorry. I got ahead of myself. Stay seated, okay. I don't think anybody stood up. Okay, stay seated. Okay, so we're going to talk about the power of one decision, but I do want to put some scripture to this first, okay? So, um, you know, one of our favorite people to talk about is Peter, because he is so upfront. He's kind of the leader of all the disciples, um, and unfortunately, Peter makes some mistakes, right? So we're going to talk about the power of one decision. Now, you guys might recall there's kind of a very important scene where uh, Jesus is preparing his disciples. He's about to go to the cross, right? He's going to He's basically going to get arrested and beaten, and he's going to be crucified. And so he warns his disciples, this is going to happen. And he says, um, you know, Jesus is so good with his words. He kind of, he says something, but then it kind of like you got to dig in a little bit to get the full meaning. And, but he tells them that his disciples are going to stumble. And then, excuse me, so he predicts his death and his arrest. And he, and he quotes something like this. He says, the shepherd is going to be struck, and the shepherd would be Jesus. And it says, and then they will scatter. And that's the disciples, right? And so that's something that's going to happen. This is kind of around, um, you know, later in the Gospels. But Peter, he's a super disciple. He's not somebody who's going to fail Jesus, right? And he's going to make sure Jesus knows this, right? Like, Jesus, I'm actually not going to deny you. Uh, in fact, I'm actually willing to go to jail for you, and I'm willing to die, right? Like, so he makes it really clear, Jesus, um, I mean, nice idea, but I'm better than that, right? Like, I'm, I'm just going to make this happen. And you guys know the story, right? Jesus gets um, arrested, and then he's beaten. And then there are three times Peter is asked, hey, aren't you one of those disciples? And what does Peter say? Um, I don't know that guy. Jesus who, right? Like, how do you even spell Jesus, right? Who is that guy? And so, unfortunately, what Jesus says comes through, comes true, right? Which is it's actually a good thing that what Jesus says came true. But for Peter, wasn't so great, right? Like, he was greatly impacted. He's like, man, I really thought I was that type of Christian, right? Like, I really thought. And then he found out, um, at least in the first trial, didn't do so well, right? Now, of course, the story doesn't end there, right? 
later on, um, Jesus comes, after being crucified, comes back and resurrects, right? And so there's this wonderful scene in John 21 where Jesus asked uh, Peter three times. He says, hey, Peter, do you love me? And Peter says, yes, I love you. And so how many times did Peter deny Jesus? Three times. How many times did Peter say that he loved Jesus? Three times, right? And so I see that as restoration. And, you know, Jesus himself sought Peter specifically, like he called him by name. So this was a significant thing. And then if you go even further on, after Jesus has now ascended to heaven, Peter does go to jail for Jesus, right? And Peter does lose his life for Jesus, right? And so it does actually happen, just maybe not the way that um, Peter had thought. Okay, so now that you guys are ready to participate with me, this is the part I wanted you to participate in, okay? So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to have you guys stand up, okay? And uh, so if you would like to participate, please stand up. If you don't, I'm not going to force you. I'll just call you out by name. So uh, <laughs> go ahead and stand up. Okay, so as you're standing up, I want you to think of a couple things, okay? This is the power of one decision that I'm, uh, I want to just describe a little bit of a testimony. And here's, here's the picture that I want you to see, is as you guys are doing now, you're looking towards the stage, okay? And I want you to, and I'll, I'll look with you. So looking this way is we're looking towards God. We're looking towards the light, okay? And so this is what God has called us to do, right, is to look towards him. And so uh, I want to just share a day that I had. Uh, it was a long time ago. It was last year. It was December 31st of 2022. So it was over a week ago that I had this day, okay? Now, on this day, I did one of the things I love to do. I had breakfast, which is a great way to start the day, is have breakfast. And then I went and read my Bible. How many pages did I read? Three. Okay, exactly. I am off to a good start. Uh, but it's Saturday. It's the last day of the year. Guess what? I deserve some me time. Yeah, this is for me. And how do I want to do that? I want to spend some time playing a video game. That's what I want to do, okay? Now, not just any video game, but just a new game that I've never installed on my phone before. And then not just any game, but a game that is challenging, right? So where I can beat some of the first levels, but as you go on, they get really, really hard to beat. And then guess what I notice? Like an hour passes, another hour passes. And then before I know it, I feel like something is changing, okay? And so what I'm gonna ask you guys to do is to stand to your right, and we're gonna now face this way, because this is what I'm doing now, is I'm starting to look away from the light. And I know this, right? And here's the thing, is this is a temptation for me. This is something that I don't get victory in a lot. And so much so um, that it weighs on me. And so I'm getting anxious, I'm getting frustrated, and I'm just, I'm really feeling the effects of my decision. And then here's, here's where it starts to hit me, is that uh, God put it on my heart in November in our midweek service to pray specifically and speak to it, that I would give that up. That would be something that I wouldn't do. That's something that God doesn't want me to get stuck in. And so now I'm feeling really convicted, right? I'm feeling really bad. And so I'm gonna ask you now to go ahead and turn all the way to the back wall. And it's, this is kind of the darkness that I'm feeling. I'm feeling guilt and shame. I'm feeling I can't believe I'm making decisions like this. Like I know what to do. God has told me, he's confirmed it. And I've had victory in this, but I'm still suffering it. I'm, it's, like, um, it's like sin is coming on top of me and it's getting heavier and heavier. It's like now I have guilt and I have shame. And now, um, you know, and, and I hate to admit this, I even feel like, should I even be a leader in the church, right? Like am I even qualified to help people in their Christian walk? Like, I'm just like, this, this is just not for me. I need to resign, 
I need to back off, right? And so there's a place about darkness that gets really, really dark, right? It's really ugly. It's really heavy. And I don't want to experience it. I don't want you to experience it. But it's real. It's, it's really the power of, of sin and darkness, right? It's, it's something that's, it's a temptation. And, and I just felt like <clears throat> I chose this. I knew the way to go, but I still chose it. It's not like temptation came to find me. I went and I found it. And I just like sinned on purpose. It's like, ugh. you know, just all this stuff is weighty. And that's what sin does is it brings darkness. It brings death. But, you know, sin and darkness is not the end of the story, right? That is not the victor in all of this thing. And so I literally just have to turn back to God. I literally have to say, okay, God, I am not going to do this on my power anymore. This is something I cannot give victory in. I can't do this on my own. And so then I, I think of things like, when I am away from God, I am out of his protection. But all I have to do is choose to come back to God, and I get to be back in his protection. And it was just very, very humbling. And I think of scriptures like, um, there's just so many that are, <laughs> that are just so wonderful. And I needed him get me unstuck. And, and in James 4, 7, it says, submit yourselves therefore to God and resist the devil and he will flee from you. And then I started to turn. So I'm going to ask you again to turn one more time, 90 degrees to this north, <laughs> excuse me. And it's just like that. The darkness starts to flee because I'm bringing the light back in. I'm coming back to God and I'm doing things like for one, I'm putting the game down, right? I'm taking the game off of my phone, right? I'm choosing to, to do things to put myself in the right standing with God. But I know that God is good. And I know that Jesus, he is the way. He is the truth. And he is the life. This is not a battle that I'm supposed to fight on my own. And I'm just reminded of so many of the good truths that for our sake, God made Jesus to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God, and that we are no longer slaves to sin. And one of the, just the awesome scriptures is that when we confess to God, he is faithful and just to forgive us, right? There is, and he cleanses us of all unrighteousness. So when I came back to God, I'm going to have you go ahead and turn back to the stage. We can have all the lights on. Just as quickly as I went from the light to the dark, just as quickly you can come back to the light. And again, it's nothing that we do, nothing that I do. It's just depending on God and his power. And you guys may be seated if you don't mind. <clears throat> and there's some wonderful scriptures in here too that we must consider ourselves dead to sin. And I will tell you, I'm just such in a spot of hopelessness, right? Of, of not feeling any power, powerlessness. But just as quick as I turn back to God, everything is back in place again. And I'm um, surprised I'm here giving you a message today, whether I'm worthy of it or not. <laughs> but I went through a journey that I chose, right? And God held me accountable to the choices that I make. But his promises are still true, right? When we go and we sin, when darkness finds us or we find darkness, the light is right there. He's, it's like the prodigal son. His arms are always open wide, ready to receive us back. It's not that hard to get back to God. But I'll tell you in my mind, it was a battle, right? It was like a downhill spiral that was ugly. 
And it didn't have to be that way, right? But that's the power of sin. But the light is so much greater, right? When we turn the lights on, where do the shadows go? They don't exist, right? The light just really blasts them away. And in, verse, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, Paul encourages us, that, and he says that, thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And in Romans 8, 38, it says, in all things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Because ultimately the battle is God's. It's not ours. We don't have the power to defeat sin and darkness. But Jesus does, right? And he has. And he's already victorious. And so we just need to walk and live in that. And, and you know, Pastor James also encouraged us last week with Romans 8, 28, that no matter what's going on in our lives, that God can use all things for good for those that love him. And so that's my point in sharing this with you. I don't want to confess to you that I'm a Christian that blows it, right? That what's the benefit in that? But if it can be used in God's glory, then I want to do that. And one of the scriptures, again, that, that really speaks to me a lot is, is 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. And paraphrase, it says that however God comforts us in our times and troubles, we have the privilege to comfort others. And it's almost like a special ministry that we get to have if we want to help others walk through the journey that we've been through. And so sin is ever-present. It's always going to be here. And so my hope and prayer is that it would, it would not impact you the way that it's impacted me last day of last year because you understand how to avoid it, right? You're a better Christian than me, <laughs> so to speak. But you learn from my mistakes, right? That you grow and protect yourself and you do the, the right thing. And I want to, again, just come back to John 10.10 again. And what does that say? It says that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And I definitely felt the impacts of sin. That's exactly what it did. But once we call Jesus, what did he do? He came to give life. And he came to give it abundantly. You know, we started this whole thing with uh, Peter and his decision. You know, he was confident that he would never reject, reject Christ. But he did, didn't he? Right? He still suffered that. But guess what? God loved him anyway, right? We already talked about God gave him an opportunity. God restored him. And then on top of that, God used him mightily because he was willing to um, submit and confess the sins that he did. And so when it comes to us, do we have any areas of our lives where we need to invite God into, right? Are there things that we're maybe going our own way, like I was explaining, or we, we know we're not supposed to do that, but we are anyway, right? And again, I'm taking full responsibility of what my actions were, but just what decisions do we need to turn back to God in our lives? Where is it that God is working in us? So before we uh, close our service, uh, I just felt led to give you just a little discussion in addition to a decision, but the power of one identity, of how do we think our, about ourselves and how does God think about ourselves? So what's the power of one identity? And so I want to speak some truths over you from God's word that I hope you know, but I also hope that they refresh you. So first of all, we are made in God's image. We are um, a new creation when we become Christians. As we've said before, God loves us so much that he laid down his life for us. And that speaks to our value, speaks to our worth. Um, we are considered, uh, excuse me, the, the, the scripture says that we are God's creation and we are his workmanship. 
And so every one of us who's unique and has different giftings, that's on purpose. And he has plans for us. And you know, Jesus calls us his friend. I know with God, it's so amazing that he would die for us. He's our savior. He's our Lord, but he's also our friend. He's also our father. And no matter where we go, there's nothing that can separate us from God. Right? There's nothing that can separate us from his love. And on top of all that, we have access to God at any time. And we have his grace and we have his mercy. And we've been given the gift of the Holy Spirit. We've been given the gift of the local church. We've been given the gift of God's word. We've been given the gift of the ability to think like Christ. We can actually have Jesus' righteousness because of his sacrifice. And on top of all that, he knows us personally. He knows the number of hairs that we have on our heads, right? He knows the thoughts that we think. He knows what we're supposed to say, right? He knows what, we're, what we desire, and he loves us. And when it comes to our time where we're going to go to heaven, he's already prepared a place for us. So he's thought about everything from the beginning to now to the end. And if that wasn't enough, each one of us is fearfully and wonderfully made. So what I want to do is I want to pray a couple blessings over you right now, and then um, we'll go ahead and wrap up our service. So if you don't mind, go ahead and uh, bow your heads, and I want to pray some, a couple of things over you. So dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this church. Um, Lord, I pray that you would turn our, our hearts to you, that our hearts would be in tune with your heart. I pray that we would, we would be hungry for you, that your word and your presence would satisfy our souls. And Lord, we do declare your victory over every area of our lives. We lay down our failures, our fears, our doubts, our worries. We lay that down all to you. And Lord, we choose you. We choose to love you. We choose faith in you. Thank you, Heavenly Father. I pray you would fill our hearts with your love and your peace and your joy. Lord, we need your wisdom. And we thank you, Lord. So we come before you humbly. And we say thank you. We trust you by faith. We give you permission, Lord. And we trust that you will answer our prayers. So we pray all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I pray that you have a blessed week this week. And uh, we will have the altar team, altar ministry up here if you'd like some prayer. Uh, but God bless you. And uh, again, we are looking for your prayer request. So please do submit those. Because uh, I won't invite me back if you don't do that. So. Um, well, God bless you all and have a great week.